Nico versus Joe. No, this is not an April podcast. This is a November podcast, but that's the bulk of the mailbag questions that I got from you guys this week. And we're going to entertain them. We're going to look at every single angle. Why not Nico now? Why will Joe continue to be the starting quarterback? That and a whole lot more. Georgia week is starting now. It's Tennessee and Georgia. And we've got all the preview right here on a mailbag edition of the show, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls, your team every single day. We're brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why you got to give LinkedIn Jobs uh, a try today. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. I am your host, Eric Kane. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Appreciate you being with me over a, uh, a busy weekend. Did the Sunday evening show or Sunday afternoon show, and that kind of held court for Monday. But we're back here for a mailbag edition of Locked On Ball. Shout out every dayers for making the show what it is and sending in those questions. We'll get into that in segments two and three, but uh, we're going to start looking ahead to Georgia a little bit this uh, today, a little bit tomorrow, and of course, um, as the uh, as as the week goes on, we'll have a crossover edition on Thursday of uh, of Georgia. We'll have a Georgia preview on Friday. Uh, still football to be played, you know. East Divisional Championship hopes that's done. Uh, disappointing loss, embarrassing loss on the road. We talked about that on yesterday's show, uh, but there's still football to be played, um, and uh, it's important for Tennessee to turn that page, flip that script, if you will, and uh, get ready for the last two games at Neyland Stadium. And of course, figuring out what's what's to come and, uh, you know, for, for postseason and all that. So with that being said, uh, Josh Heupel had his Monday press conference. He was asked a lot of different questions. And as we do each and every Tuesday, we play the best of Josh Heupel and kind of react to it first. His opening remarks, the loss to Missouri, how the team feels on a Monday morning, and then looking ahead to Georgia, here's Josh Heupel, his opening remarks from his press conference on Monday afternoon. Hey, uh, guys came in uh, this morning. You can see uh, the disappointment uh, on their face still. Uh, opportunity to learn from it uh, as we watch the tape. Uh, end of the day, uh, some of the things that we talked about going into the game, uh, we didn't do. Uh, we got to play smarter football, uh, in particular on the offensive side of the football. Uh, you look at the drives, um, you know, most of them end with a, uh, a major penalty that puts you in, you know, second and extra long or first and extra long. And, and uh, the turnovers on the plus side of the territory as well. So. Uh, a lot to learn from at the same time. Uh, you got to watch it, uh, whether you win or lose, and you got to move on to the next one. We got a great opponent coming uh, to town this week. Um, you look at Georgia, they play extremely well, smart football, physical football, all three phases of the, of the game. Um, you know, they uh, got dynamic playmakers in all three phases of the game as well. So, a uh, huge test for us. And uh, we got uh, to have a great week of preparation, get ready for these guys. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's the first time we've been back home uh, for an SEC uh, game inside Neyland Stadium in over a month. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to our fans, uh, seeing them there on Saturday. Need a great atmosphere. Um, again, ready or not, here comes Georgia. 10-0, 7-0 to SEC play. Um, I, I said this on, gosh, it might have been yesterday's podcast or maybe it was another show I was doing, but I think the biggest compliment I can give Georgia is there's nothing spectacular outside of Brock Bowers. But I still think Georgia is the best football team in the country. Will it win the college football playoff? Will it go back to back to back? I don't know. We'll see. But this just goes to show you how recruiting upon recruiting upon recruiting upon recruiting 
just gets you as a program to where you want to be. I mean, you're seeing that with Ohio State a little bit as well. I mean, you lost so much star power in the SEC and in college football, but these teams are still winning and winning and winning. So um, that's a testament to what Kirby Smart has has done. Unfortunately for Tennessee fans, that's kind of where Georgia is right now. Um, what about Georgia? What makes Georgia pop off screen when watching the tape? Of course, we'll get into a, a preview of Georgia as the week goes on, obviously. But here's what Josh Hypo had to say just about a, a little bit of an early scout for the Georgia Bulldogs. Man, they got really good players across, across the board. Um, you know, defensively, thick, strong, athletic uh, up front. Um, they can run. Um, they cover extremely well on the back end. They don't miss tackles. Um, you see them in, in close quarters and in open space. Uh, they tackle extremely well. Uh, offensively, they got dynamic playmakers. Um, you know, a few of those guys are just getting back and, and getting truly healthy right now. Um, but the quarterback's playing extremely well, really efficient, been accurate. Um, you know, he's done a really nice job. Yeah, Georgia. We'll we'll get in the stats as the year goes on, as the week goes on, but. Uh, second to LSU in pretty much every offensive category outside of rushing, where it's fifth. Uh, defensively, leads the leads the conference in pretty much everything, but I want to say rush defense, it's number two. I mean, again, top to bottom, a really, really solid football team. Um, and Tennessee's got to defend it well um, and, and got to perform, obviously, better on offense. Something that was, golly, man, it was, it was a really, really bad, uh, it was a bugaboo for Tennessee. Um, Third down runs by the quarterback. And that was a point of emphasis I talked about all last week, man. You know, Brady Cook's ability to extend plays, to run when the pocket collapses, all that type of stuff. And Tennessee just did not handle that well whatsoever. Um, Josh Hopper was asked about it, his legs, Brady Cook's ability to run for first downs, uh, what he had to say about the the lack of um, the lack of uh, execution on that end by Tennessee's defense. Yeah, inability to get off the field. Part of that was quarterback extending and making plays with his feet running and also scrambling and, and getting outside of the pocket. Um, you know, for us, you got to do a good job of applying pressure to him too. You can't let him sit back there all day. Um, but he broke contain on us. That was disappointing. Some of our twist games, um, you know, our contain player didn't get there. He got out up through the middle of the football field once or twice too. Um, we got to do a better job. That'll be big in this one too. Um, and uh, and we got to match things out on scramble drill. Uh, again, we're going to look at some of the stats that matter pro uh, per pro football focus on tomorrow's show because, again, I, th I think it's important in wins or losses to see exactly what the issues were. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to see that <laughs> Tennessee overpursued defensively. Tennessee's defensive line was not holding its gaps. It was going sideways a lot. Tennessee's linebackers and secondary was overpursuing, allowing cutback lanes uh, offensively. Um, that front seven for Missouri did a really good job of, of closing gaps. Um, Josh Hopple said it earlier, you know, turning the football over on the plus side of the field multiple times. You're just not going to win football games doing that. Uh, but as disappointing as last week was, it's so important to reset. Again, my, my theme is ready or not, here comes Georgia. That's this week. I mean, again, you got to reset. You got to refocus. You got to learn from it. You got to try to try to improve on what happened. But you've got to reset for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I think no matter what you do the previous week, uh, you got to put the game behind you. Uh, certainly, we understand the quality of the opponent that's uh, that's coming to town this week. Um, you know, our guys understand you know who they are, what they're about, and, and the way that they're going to play, and uh, be a great test for us. And unfortunately, man, he had such a great touchdown reception, Dante Thornton. What a great adjustment to the football. Um, stacking the receiver, going back, putting himself between hit, uh, the receiver, putting himself between the defensive back and the football, 
and making a heck of a touchdown grab. Unfortunately, injured his ankle, and uh, this is being Dante Thornton, and uh, he's going to be out for a little bit, and it's going to be up to those young receivers. Again, Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod to fill in the gaps. Yeah, uh, Dante will be out for the uh, for the remainder of the, the regular season. Um, we'll see where we're at as, uh, as we get into postseason play. Um, young guys, th there were some real positive things that they did uh, during the course of the game. Uh, Chaz, Caleb, um, you know, all in all, um, you know, like a majority of what they did. He was seen in a, a walking boot after the after the football game, um, and, and it looked like he tore his ankle up there a little bit. So that's unfortunate for him. He had primarily been a no show throughout the season, but had done some really nice things the last couple of weeks, and and that kind of carried over to, into the second quarter against Missouri with that touchdown reception. Uh, but Dante Thornton's going to miss the last two games of the regular season, and uh, with bowl season being at the end of December, um, you know we'll see exactly kind of where he is. That's that's what Josh Heupel said in his Monday press conference. Do you want to end on this? Um, again, it, it was a Monday press conference. You know, doom, gloom. It was a horrible weekend for Tennessee. I, I get all that, but you know, Dolly Parton said that she's coming to Knoxville to cheer on uh, Tennessee from Rocky Top against Georgia. Josh Heupel was asked about that a couple of times, and and he played well with it. Uh, Dolly's going to be there uh, as well, so uh, my mom will be excited about that one. Anytime Dolly's going to be around, it uh, certainly adds pressure, absolutely, to uh, to our performance. But uh, uh, truly, you know, what I mean, for uh, for Tennesseans, um, that's a uh, you know one that everybody will enjoy seeing. Yeah, so you know, be on your best behavior, Tennessee fans. Dolly Parton, the queen, is going to be in the house. And that will get a ton of media attention as the week goes on. But more importantly, Tennessee needs to flip the script again and get ready for Georgia. We'll we'll break that down as the as the week goes on. Do want to answer your questions? You mailbag mailbag edition of the show segments two and three. You everydayers making that happen. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. Uh, we like to spend a lot of time talking together. All right, we get fired up for the wins, get depressed about the losses. Who starts? Who sets? I'm thankful for that connection that you and I have. Today, I want to chat about something a little bit more personal. Whether you're extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, limited by yet another supply chain shortage, you're covered. Thank you to the partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in one year's supply, even things such as Cialis and Viagra. That can be an option for you if need be. Go online right now at jacemedical.com. Receive a 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On to checkout for a discount as well. This is what a customer had to say about Jace Medical. Quote, I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just so I'd have something to, to take. And order, um, I order most of my daily medications in a year's supply. I also order the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are low or lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. That's what one customer had to say. It can be an option for you if needed. And if you or someone you love want some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, you can check out JaceMedical.com to see if this is something for you. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your purchase. That's at Jace Medical. All right, guys, we'll get into the mailbag portion of our weekly podcast, of our daily podcast, but a weekly portion of the mailbag podcast. Uh, as always, thank you for sending those questions and uh, the interaction. I, I love that so much. I try to DM back as much as I can. Uh, sometimes I, I just don't get to every single one, but I do appreciate you guys for sending those in. Um, a lot of these questions are going to be about Joe Milton. A lot of these questions are going to be about Nico Iamaliava. Again, Joe Milton is about fifth, sixth, seventh down the list of things that are seriously wrong with this football team right now. He's playing so much better than he was at the beginning of the year. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you just scored seven points, and um, 
you know, you're, 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 you're not going anywhere if that makes sense. So I get, I understand completely, uh, you know, some fans wanting to say, well, just play Nico, just play Nico. Play. I get that. Um, I'll go ahead and say right now, like, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, number one, Georgia coming to town, according to the AP poll, somebody said, what poll are you looking at? Well, the AP says Georgia's number one. Georgia's coming to town, and um, I do not believe a freshman quarterback is going to get that start. I just don't. Um, Banks says, um, I'm not saying Joe is the reason for what happened in Missouri, but it's time to get Nico as much run as possible to prepare for a 12-team playoff possibilities next year. Again, I get that mindset. I truly do. What I would do, um, I would certainly have series scripted for Nico against Vanderbilt. I would. Um, third series, sixth series, ninth series, whatever. Joe, Joe is, is your starting quarterback. I do not believe that's going to change, but I would work Nico in during the Vanderbilt game. I would, and then we'll see what happens for bowl preparations uh, for Tennessee at the quarterback position. But, I mean, I, I, I get the mindset. I, I do uh, from some fans right there like Banks. Let's go to uh, Nate. Nate says, uh, Eric, before I forget, I love to hear some personal side of things, especially hearing about Bookie taking his uh, daughter to his first game. Um, and then he's got another question here, uh, personal side of things. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I, I grew up in East Tennessee, went to Tennessee football and basketball games with my dad. Uh, some, some great, great memories. Um, you know, I went, I, I went to Carson Newman and, uh, kind of checked out of Tennessee for a couple of years cause I was doing my own thing, but came back, been a part of the media since 2017 here in Knoxville and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, when I have children one day, I will like to go. I would like to take them to a game as a fan, as a spectator, and that that'll happen at some point in time when I have kids, for sure. But um, yeah. Uh, any, anything you guys want to ask me, you know, I don't really know, kind of know where to go without any direction. But I'm an open book, so um, I, all I can say is I'm I literally just a dude. Some of you guys see me at rivalry Thursday games, or you know, walking in the stadium or whatever, or you know what. Somebody, you know, stopped me walking into Kentucky a few weeks ago. I love that. If you ever see me out and about, come say hi. Uh, means an awful lot. Nate says, for Twitter Tuesday, fresh off a terrible, this is during the game, a terrible 15-yard personal foul call. I have heard a theory, and I would like you to maybe uh, comment on this. The idea is referees dislike Tennessee because Heupel's hurry-up offense rushes them, frustrating the refs. Thoughts? He says, let me clarify, the refs are not the reason Tennessee lost. Um, Nate, I wouldn't say that. Now, it makes them work harder. It makes everybody work harder. <laughs> My old boss at the radio station, Jeff Jardigan, he's the PA voice at Neyland Stadium. He had to train for the Josh Heupel offense because <laughs> as a PA voice and a microphone at Neyland Stadium, you can't just talk when the offense is operating. So he had to train for that. Referees do the same thing. They had to train um, to you know, call this style of offense and, and and make sure that if Tennessee subs, the defense gets a sub and all that type of stuff. Um, it, it's been an adjustment, but as far as the refs don't like Tennessee because of the style of offense, I, I would definitely not go that far for sure. I wouldn't say that. Brian, uh, he was uh, chatting with me during the game uh, the other day, said, uh, I know the problem is the defense, but Hoppel has always allowed a lot of scoring with the intent of just scoring more. This defense is embarrassing. Sheesh. Kudos to Eli and Missouri. Yeah, kudos to Eli uh, Drinkwitz in Missouri. He, I'm not his biggest fan. I think that he's a big old dork, but uh, he's having a good year, and that's a good football team, and he deserves some credit for sure. Um, having said that, yeah, the defense was – I mean, it was it was an all-around abysmal game. I mean, the offense scored lowest in the Josh Heupel era of seven points. This is technically the worst loss by score differential, uh, Josh Heupel being a head coach. That's here. That's at UCF. Um so the offense was bad. I mean, golly, man, three turnovers, plus side of the 50, not being able to run the football. 
Uh, being completely one-dimensional and not being good enough to overcome that, for sure. Defense was so bad. Uh, I, again, w w when you got a zone concept running team, a high volume back, feasts off the zone lead, and you don't keep your gaps, and you don't run inside and out if you're second, third layer defenders, you're in for a long day. And Tennessee's defensive line was on skates. Tennessee's linebackers and secondary, they were overrunning things. I mean, it was bad. Um, so I, I agree, man. The defense was just atrocious. But the whole team had an atrocious performance uh, at Missouri. Let's go to Braden. Braden says, something's got to give with us playing on the road. Every game going forward, we have a target on our back, and we have to realize that. Drink going on national TV saying the defense kicked uh, their tail. I'm trying not to cuss. There we go. Every, you know, Every time I cuss, I'm putting a quarter in the jar. Uh, this one says the A word. I'm going to say tail. <laughs> and Braden, I'm not getting at you, brother. You know I cuss. Um, having Eli Drinkwitz go on national TV and said their defense kicked uh, our, our A uh, was not on my bingo card. No, it wasn't on anybody's bingo card. And I think Missouri's defense has gotten much better over the years with, with Eli, with uh, Blake Baker, I believe, as the defensive coordinator. I had Tennessee winning. I think I had it 35-31. I mean, it was a couple-score game. I did not envision whatsoever Tennessee being held to seven points. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, that is that is so bad. Um, just different looks, um, shutting down the run. I think the biggest thing is when Tennessee gets one-dimensional, it has not happened hardly at all under Josh Heupel in three years. But when Tennessee's held to one-dimensional one offense – it struggles. I, I look back at the Alabama game in 2021. Tennessee rushed for like 40 yards. It was bad. But Hendon Hooker was good enough to overcome that and make it a ball game and um, really give Nick Saban some fits down the sideline there in the fourth quarter. You know, Tennessee's not good enough offensively to do just that. And sure, injuries are part of the game. Didn't have Cooper for the first five, six games. Don't have, um, you know, you don't have Dante Thornton now. Don't have Bruce McCoy. Um, you know, offensive linemen have been in and out. I mean, that's that's a part of the game, but you're just not good enough to create, kind of like creating your own shot offensively in basketball. Tennessee's offense isn't good enough to do that this year. Um, and I, sure, Joe's a big part of it. I get it, but I think it's a, I think it's offense wide to be completely honest. But on the road, it's it's been really bad. Tennessee has now only won two of their last seven true road games dating back to last November. It's not good. Not good at all. Let's go to James. Uh, we'll end on this one, then we'll hit a quick break. Let's see here. Twitter Tuesday with football in the <laughs> in the crapper and fall practice concluding. Can we get some baseball coverage? I'll keep bugging you every week. Yeah, baseball is going to be fun, man. Billy Amick's going to be a stud. Cannon Peebles is going to be a stud. Those transfers over. Tennessee's got to find a number three starter, but potentially behind Drew Beam and A.J. Russell, but potentially I could see that being bullpen games. I really could. Um you know, at, le at least right now, I don't know who that number three starter would be. I think, um, I think uh, Dylan Dryland's going to have a big year. I feel like Dalton Bargo is going to be great off the bench. Tennessee's going to have depth. I mean, you got like Dalton Bargo transfer from Missouri, Robin Villanueva transfer from JUCO, Alex Perry transfer from JUCO, um, maybe Kavars Tears if he's not your starting right fielder. Uh, you're going to have a lot of depth on, on the bench for sure, and, and that is that is just such a great. Great, great problem to have if you're Tennessee because you have all these options, lineup flexibility and all that. Tennessee baseball is going to be good. Just wrapped up the fall World Series, and uh, that was a competitive thing, so looking forward to baseball season. Move on to James Bailey in regards to football. Uh, what would UT's record be if Nico had started all year? I'm not saying Joe is solely what's holding us back, but if Nico started for most, if not the entire year under his belt, we'd definitely be better next year. So let's say Nico starts all year. Say the floor is 5-5. Five and five. Who knows what the ceiling would be? Obviously, there's human element in there. 
yada, 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 yada. Okay. Um, to answer your question, man, yeah, like, who's to know? Like, I, 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 couldn't hear, I couldn't stand up here and say, well, Tennessee would have been 9-3 if Nico started the quarterback. I just don't know. I've seen Nico play 22, 23 snaps. I've seen Nico play 23, 24 snaps, whatever it is, of his college career. I like what he, I like his pocket presence. I like his ability to evade pressure. You can tell he's a little bit of a wild card throwing the football. He's a little, little pass happy, missing high a little bit. But um, I like what I see, man. I think the future is bright, but I have no clue. And I don't think anybody would have any clue what that record would be if it was Nico all year long. Also, um, and we'll get into this in a little bit more here in a moment, but like how many years were you fighting and fighting and fighting just to make a bowl game? Now you've got a bowl game, you know, locked up, sealed, signed, delivered for a couple weeks, and and we've shifted the focus. And I've even said it a couple of times, like you're not playing for the East anymore. So like, what are you playing for? That that's a bad precedent to set. Somebody says this, I'll get to it in segment number three, but that's kind of a a bad precedent to set. Like, it's still football games. You're still again, these guys are playing for the NFL. You're playing for a better bowl game. You're playing for pride in the University of Tennessee. Like, I, I don't like the notion of oh well. Atlanta's off the table, so let's just start the youth movement. I, I don't like that either. But still, I do think there, there should be opportunities to see those guys intertwined and, and fluxed um, into the uh, into, into the offense or the defense. And that's why I kind of gave up the Vanderbilt example, if you will, for Nico. Uh, but to answer your question, dude, I have no clue what Tennessee's record would be. Um, Nico would go through so many different growing pains as a true freshman starting this league. He would. He's also a twig. Um, he weighs 210, but he looks like he weighs 160. Um, he would you, he would get hit and he would hurt a little bit. Uh, that's not to say that he won't be bigger next year, that he won't go through growing pains next year, but there'd be a learning curve there for sure. But I can't answer that question. I don't know. Would he have made a difference in being outscored 27 to nothing on the road at Alabama? Would he have made a difference in being outscored 33 nothing on the road at Missouri? Uh, would he have made a difference in the second quarter against Florida? Maybe. He might have. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. James, appreciate you, man, as always. We'll continue to get into more of your questions and comments here on the other side. But I do want to tell you about uh, proud sponsor of the show, friends of the show, that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We have all put our resumes online, hoping to gain the next stepping stone in our careers, or maybe land that dream job. Maybe you got your dream job. Maybe you're a small business owner, but you need some help. You can't do it alone. You need somebody that's qualified, but more importantly, somebody you can trust with your hard-earned work and your business. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately hire. It is why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. To post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. One more segment left here on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. Appreciate you guys for being here. I do mean that. Let's jump right back into it. Let's go to our good friend, Willie the Kid. Could you see Tennessee adding two wide receivers, a tight end, and a veteran center from the transfer portal? It's like it's like your Christmas list. I want this. I want this. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you, Willie. I mean, Tennessee needs help in, in that regard for sure. Um, if not, what positions do you think uh, Tennessee tries to fill with holes on its roster? Yeah, um, you are super thin at wide receiver. Um, 
I mean, the fact that Tennessee's not bringing in three or four wide receivers in this day and age, uh, in this economy, uh, the wide receiver position is, is baffling to me. Tennessee needs to add another one for sure uh, because you only have two in this upcoming recruiting class. You didn't bring in you, – you only brought in – two last year i think yeah um you, you're super thin right now you're at a point now to where thornton's out for the rest of the regular season you're out brew okay and so you're super thin you have um ramel keaton on one side you'll have a combination of Chaz nimrod slash caleb webb on the other and then squirrel in the slot if if squirrel goes down Chaz nimrod your slot player if Chaz nimrod goes down or i mean maybe jack jansing maybe nathan leacock i mean you're super thin so yeah, I would expect Tennessee to try to go out and get a receiver. 100% you have to, have to, have to, have to mark it down, put it on the board. It's going to happen. You've got to go get a tight end. You've got to. Um, and you really need to go get one with multiple years. You truly do. But just a tight end regardless, I would love to see Tennessee get two tight ends from the transfer portal. You have Ethan Davis next year, and that's it. Goodbye, J uh, Jacob Warren. Goodbye, McCallan Castle. So tight end, 100% is up there. Wide receiver, yes. Um, a center, sure, that that would be great. How many veteran centers are in the transfer portal? I don't know. How many want to you know come to Tennessee and play in this different type of uh, of style of an up tempo offense? It's not traditional football, especially if you have aspirations to get in the NFL. I'm not saying you can't, but it's just a little different. So I don't know. We'll see. You always take a defensive lineman. If a defensive lineman's in the portal, Tennessee, I think would welcome a linebacker. We'll see what Keenan Peely decides to do, but. Um, same with Brew McCoy, wide receiver, if they want to come back. But I think Tennessee would always take a defensive lineman. I think Tennessee would take a linebacker. And then you got a lot of youth. you got numbers in the defensive backfield. Um, but I think if there's, a, there's an athletic uh, safety available, I think you take a look there. But my priority list would be number one, tight end. Number two, probably linebacker. Number three, wide receiver. Um, and number four, offensive lineman, if you, if you can get one. Willie. I uh, appreciate it, uh, as always, my guy. Let's go to Volinarchy. Reaction to segment two of uh, yesterday's show. Yes, everyone wants to bench Joe and play Nico and the young players. I think this is a horrible idea. And the Vandy game will be senior night, right? I also think it's bad. Okay, this is the one I was talking about earlier. It's a bad precedent if you bench your starters for youth just because you can't win the East. As a young player, I would remember that as I become a starter later on in the career. I just think that there's a balance there. Um, there was no reason why... The ones, the starters, should have been in that football game down 36-7. to Why on earth did it take an injury to Ollie Lane on the last series of the game to see Addison Nichols? Why was Nico not in that football game? You know, it's not going to hurt Nico to get reps in a blowout game on the on the road. I mean, will it, will it tremendously help him? I don't know, but it wouldn't hurt. So, you know, I, I just think you got to be smart about it. I've said the Vanderbilt thing, you know, all week long, like, hey, and again, I think Joe Milton has played much better than where he was earlier in the season. I think Joe Milton's accurate and more efficient than, than he has been all year. He is not Hendon Hooker. He is not an elite quarterback. He is just a quarterback. Um, I think Joe Milton is playing all right, but like it's it's not it's not like trying to bench Joe Milton. It's just I think you need to work to strategically get some of these guys in Series 3, Series 6, Series 9 against Vanderbilt. Uh, that's just kind of how I would play it. But I agree with you with the bad precedent. I, I, I truly do. You don't just want to say, all right, let me wipe my hands clean, say thanks so much, um, appreciate you, but step aside now. You don't want to do that. But hopefully you're not in this position to where you're you're out of the running for either the SEC title game or, remember, the college football playoff expands to 12 teams next year. So you can be out of the running to be the SEC title game, but still very much in the running to get to the college football playoff. So if you're not in those conversations, you don't want to be um, in, in the conversation of, oh, well, 
you know, we need to have all this youth movement. Hopefully that's a thing of the past. Let's go to VFL Ash. Thanks for the shows, man. Always love your stuff. Well, I appreciate you. Twitter Tuesday question. Do you feel like we just stopped playing with heart? Stop playing with urgency. seems like we're playing so casual. It hurts to see. Yeah, a little bit. I never want to say that the uh, players or a team gave up. I, I never want to say that. Um, because I don't think that that's accurate for the entire team wide. Like playing casual, I agree with you. I was looking at there in the fourth quarter. I'm like, these guys are just playing so casual right now. So, you know, lazy in a sense, right? I saw that. Um, you, you don't really want to see that. I just want to see some urgency. Um, and I want to see urgency in a play calling perspective as well. So I'm not ready to say they weren't playing with heart. I won't say that. But a lack of urgency, for sure. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, casual is a good way to phrase it. I, I think that's a, that's a good way to phrase it. Uh, let's go to our buddy JR was, was DMing during the game. Dude, I'm so tired of Joe not reading the defense and making boneheaded throws. He's a damn six-year. Ah, dang it. Quarter in the jar. He's a dang six-year senior. Bench him and let Nico eat. Again, I think that's easier said than done. Plus, the interception there at the end, I mean... It's third down. You're throwing every play at that point in time. Just trying to make a play. I mean, sure, you don't want to throw a pick six. I get it. The game was done. Um, it was third down. He was letting it loose. Just is what it is. But that that play was baited earlier in the football game. Uh, so I I, uh, I agree with that. All right. Uh, I think we got – goodness, we got to – I need to run through these because we're, we're about out of time here. Uh, let's go to Kurt. Are we better going? And this is kind of one of the questions I had earlier. Are we better going off eight and four with Milton playing the whole season and no meaningful snaps for Nico, or would it have been better for Nico to take over in the Florida game like fans wanted and perhaps go seven and five and six and six? The, the you don't play in what ifs. I mean, you're still playing. Like you still had a whole. Kurt, I know you're just doing a scenario question here. You had a whole season in front of you. Like the Florida game was disappointing, but you still had an opportunity to go to Atlanta. You still had an opportunity to win ten games. You still had an opportunity to 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 you know, go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. You had the whole season in front of you. So wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly disagree with should have just given it to Nico after that Florida loss. Uh, that's just my opinion. Now, if Joe was not the answer and you, you're as a coaching staff, you said, okay, we can't win with Joe, then sure, make the move. But if Joe was still your best option just to go to a quote-unquote youth movement at that point in time, heck no, heck no. Adam says, what grade would you give the coaching staff overall this year? We look like a poorly coached team in our losses. Did last year's talent hide these flaws? Uh, yes, 100%. Not calling for anybody's job to be clear, but this is basically like watching us play Florida all over again. Same mistakes. Tennessee is a heavily penalized football team. Josh Heupel teams are heavily penalized. They were at UCF. 2022, you could overcome those with, with explosive offensive plays. They showed up in losses to Pittsburgh and Florida in 2021. They showed up in losses to Florida, Alabama, and Missouri at times so far this season. Um, Tennessee is not a disciplined football team. I'll say that. Overall grade, I mean, there's a lot of good that's happened this year so far. Just because you got your tail whipped the other day doesn't take away from the good that's happened so far this season. Um like for it to be more consistent overall grade, I would say probably a B minus um, penalties are in there. Play callings in there at times um, decisions to go for it on fourth down decisions, not to get your backups in decisions to kick a field goal. When you're getting your tail whipped in the fourth quarter of Missouri, I would say B minus at this point in time. Uh, let's go to Darius. Darius says, when we look back and regret not letting Nico play more this year, I thought it was a great question. He said Boogie Bentley said that on his show, but on the same coin, having him sit and get him to develop more than he already has, I feel like this will help him 
for the next two years. What do you think? I think you look back and said Nico should have played a ton against Austin P. Nico should have played more against UConn. Nico should have played at the end of this drive of the blowout game against Missouri. Like, not making a change at starter, you still could have had opportunities to get Nico and some other guys in. So, for that point alone, it's a missed opportunity. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, with the number one team in the country coming to Neyland Stadium, youth movement, go. Number one quarterback, five-star freshman. I'm not ready. That's not going to happen. I wouldn't do that if I was a coach. Um, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say, well, once you lost to Florida, you should have had that youth movement. No, you still had a whole lot to play for. So it's just that balance there. It's, it's a tough balance. I'm not a coach. I don't know what that balance is, but there should be a balance there. Randy says, uh, from a full glass perspective, seems like injuries have really hurt this team. Not saying we would have won, but how might things have been different on Saturday with a healthy McCoy, Thornton, Campbell, on the offense and Haddon and Peely on defense. I think of all those guys you mentioned, I mean, sure, things could have been different, but you're still probably losing uh, just with the overall effort. I think the biggest one of that group you mentioned was Keenan Peely. Linebackers, horrific in that football game. Over-pursued, not playing inside now. Keenan Peely, a veteran guy, I think could have helped with that for sure. Uh, this is from Tyler. Why do we play soft zone or not attacking defense each game? Why would we not implement both in the same game? Dude, I don't know. The lack of adjustments on the defenses out of the football, mind-boggling the other day. Don't know. Don't have a good answer for you. Um, I really like Heupel. This is from Ken. really like Heupel, but the perception could easily be that he is a classless coach by the way the Florida and Missouri games ended, going after the quarterback and also the way he ran the score up on Missouri last year. I like to see a little bit more emotion from him on a loss. Josh Heupel, I thought in his post-game press conference, he said repeatedly, and he's not pointing the finger, but he said repeatedly, like he is so disappointed in the in the way his team. I mean, he said it like four or five times. I thought that was kind of noteworthy. Like like this loss really stuck with him. Um, as far as running the score up again, if you're doing it with backups, I don't give a crap. No, I've said it before. You're doing it with backups. I know Joe Milton's not your typical backup last year, but you're doing it with backups. I don't care. They deserve to play. Deserve to run the offense get after it. Um, that's just my opinion. Penalties towards the end of the game, penalties overall, uh, calling timeouts if you're Eli Drinkwitz, try to ice a kicker, all that stuff is petty. Um, I see where you're coming from for sure. Um, I, I don't think he's a classless coach, but I could see at points in times that perception. Last question is going to go to Randy because we're just simply running out of time here. Jalen Wright is really talented, but it seems to me that after three or four carries during a drive, he's tapping himself out instead of wanting to carry the rock. You didn't see Schrader doing that on Saturday. Um, he needs to step up and and uh, be a dude, don't you agree? To an extent, um, he does tap more than any of the other Tennessee running backs. I get that. But he also, I mean, Tennessee just feeds him, feeds him, feeds him, and he gets tired. Also, Tennessee's up-tempo causes you to get tired more so than Schrader for Missouri. Having said that, Schrader is a volume guy. He touched the football like, what was it, like 35 times the other day? Uh, or no, no, more than that. I mean, I don't have it in front of me. Like 40-plus times the other day. He's a volume guy, so I get it. He's not tapping. He's getting the football all the time. But I think tempo has a lot to do with it. So, um, yeah, I would love to see him stay in. But, like, especially those long-sustaining drives, play seven, eight, nine. You've you've ran the football four or five times in that drive. You get tired. And, and it's a luxury for Tennessee to have Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson ready to come right in. Guys, thank you so much. Sorry if I didn't get to your questions. We we literally had so much, and uh, that's a testament to you everydayers for making this show what it is. Can't thank you enough. We do it every single Tuesday right here on Lockdown Balls. Mailbag questions is when we answer. Tomorrow, 
Um, we'll try to find specifically some some stats that really matter and kind of tell the story about what went wrong, Missouri, and how you can improve on that. Plus, uh, we'll have Josh Ward have a crossover on Thursday, Boogie Bentley in a preview for Georgia on Friday. Tons and tons of Georgia content to get into this week. A massive game at Neyland Stadium. If you're going to be there, be loud and be excited. Uh, of course, I'm. Uh, it's a blessing to cover football. you got two regular season games left, and I can't wait. Uh, that's my mindset. Can't wait to be back here and on here on a Lockdown Balls Wednesday edition. Thank you so much. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody.